Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Business of Design, episode number 93, and finally we're going to talk to a stager. That's right, we are a triumvirate of associates, stagers, decorators, designers, and we have not given enough attention to our sisters in staging. In fact, I'm coming away from this podcast thinking that I should go work for a stager for a little while just to learn some of their efficiencies because that seems to be something they do so very well. Nina Duran reached out to us and said, hey, Business of Design, I'm a big fan, I'm a member, I've read the books, but I've never heard a stager on your podcast. And I had to like, oh, wow, really? I didn't even realize that. So Nina generously is reaching out and sharing some of her strategies for business success on this podcast. She's also going to share a written work order template, which I think is very generous of her. So if you're interested in staging or you've been thinking about it, that might be something you want to download at businessofdesign.com. And we're also going to talk about pricing. And spoiler alert, I'm going to suggest that Nita's prices are perhaps a bit too low. Um, that will surprise exactly no one who's a fan of the podcast. Um, raising rates isn't the solution to every single problem, but it certainly helps with the solution to many problems. Let me tell you about Nina. Nina Duran owns a home staging and design company called iStage and Organize. Her company is just over three years old and it's continuing to grow, sounds like very quickly. She's also the president of Toronto's RISA chapter. RISA, of course, stands for Real Estate Staging Association. And she's one of five approved agents who teach the course Staging to Sell What Every Agent Should Know. Nina sees her role professionally as helping the homeowner and real estate agent market the homes to attract buyers and sell those homes more quickly and more profitably. Nina holds a bachelor degree in business and administration and is also a certified ultimate stager and a member of the Professional Organizers of Canada. If you want to find her on social media, you'll find her at iStage and Organize on Facebook, Insta, YouTube, Twitter, etc. And you'll find links to Nina at businessofdesign.com on the show page as well. Although staging professionals have a unique skill set that homeowners and real estate agents benefit from, there are a number of intersections between the work that they do and the work of other design professionals. So I was eager to learn about some of those intersections. And surprised to find out that there is something we learn as designers and decorators that we may have to unlearn if we're going to be successful at staging. I will let Nina tell you what that is. Here we are right before the holidays, and I am wishing every single one of you a happy, healthy, and wonderful holiday. I typically have an opportunity to use this time of year to push forward some of my goals and initiatives for the next year to focus on building some of the systems I know I'm missing in my core business and to do some quiet reflection. What do I want to accomplish next year? Where am I going? What do I want it to look like? Anything is possible and we're all going to get where we're going so much faster if we work together. 
We've had a number of team meetings at Business of Design as we are building out some initiatives and curriculum for 2019. And I'm very excited about some of the learning that is coming, including how to hire, how to build a budget. We get that question a lot. How do I get a budget out of a client? Specifically, how do you build a budget? That's coming. Back-end organization is coming. My style guide to the office, the protocols for how we label things and organize things so we can get our hands on something quickly when we need it. More checklists. People are asking, please, for more checklists. So we have a tile checklist coming up. We're going to have a flooring checklist and checklists for steps five and six as well. So many good things happening at Business of Design, and you can take advantage of all of them at the ridiculously low price of $67.50 a month. A reminder that that pricing is going up in the new year. We're giving you lots of notice because we want everyone to get in on it. At the current rate, we can absolutely guarantee you there is no system and no coaching out there that will be more valuable to you than Business of Design. I want to thank you for considering supporting Business of Design. Those funds allow us to pay staff to keep the website running, to have an incredible tech team and the strongest possible security, and to produce a podcast and to build out new curriculum. And it allows me to go and visit Business of Design meetings that are cropping up. And we want to support those meetings and provide suggested curriculum to those meetings and build a community of peers whose intention is purely to benefit the industry. Your support means everything to us. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Nina, thank you so much for taking time to do this today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me uh, on the show. I'm really excited about uh, about it. Well, you created a compelling argument for having you on the show when you reached out to us. First of all, <laughs> A, it's embarrassing to say this, but we haven't had a stager on the show yet, which is crazy because it's such a vital part of the industry. It's like a it's a it's one arm of the triangle that is interior design, decorating, and staging. I think we all work together so well. So thank you for pointing that right. out. And then and secondarily, I thought you had some really good actionable advice for people who are in the staging industry. So why don't we start here? How is staging different to, in your mind to someone who decorates or does interior design? Well, when we're staging a property to sell, we are looking at it from the perspective of the potential buyer. 
So it's never about taking into consideration uh, what the homeowner's uh, preferences are and likes and dislikes, but we still get a lot of that. We still get a lot of homeowners who will say, well, uh, I want to be part of uh, the selection. I want to see your design. I want to see what you're going to bring into my house. And I don't like the color, and I don't like that style. I don't like it too contemporary. I don't like it too gray, things like that. But it's, you know, it's our job to constantly remind them that, you know, they've hired us so that we can prepare their house and get it show ready to appeal to the buyers who is going to pay money, good money, uh, to purchase their home. So that's an overwhelming difference to start with because when you're doing interior design and decorating, yeah, you're asking the homeowner, how do you want to live in the house? What should it feel like to make you happy? Where with staging, it's not about the homeowner, it's about the potential buyer and therefore you, there's a certain level of neutral that has to happen so it appeals to the widest market possible. As I'm, Absolutely. As I've done many times before, I think, man, wouldn't it be great? It almost sounds like you don't really have to deal with a client, which is a horrible thing to say because I actually love my clients today. However, um, there is a fantasy life that happens from time to time when something goes wrong where you think, man, if I wish I could just make all the decisions on my own and never have to consult with my client. Is it that easy? <laughs> is it as easy as it sounds to be a stager? I'm going to think no. I guess no. No, no, because, you know, to be a stager, it's, it's, it's hard because you're, you're trying to, we're often the middle, the middleman, like we are um, in between the homeowner and the real estate agent, and we're trying to appease po- both parties and we remain neutral. And funny enough, even some real estate agents will bring in their own style and preferences and say, I don't like this either, I don't like this. And they come from the position of saying that, you know, they've, they've represented enough homes that they, they know, but that is not always obviously the case. Certainly, you know, there are some real estate agents who come with an interior design background, so they, they, they come with a sort of a preset um, idea of what the home should look like. Uh, so we're, we're dealing with multiple parties at the same time as well, similar to, to when you're doing the decorating and design. Okay. So it's never, there's no shortcut to any of it. There's a very different skill set. It sounds like. Yes. Yes. And there's a lot of, you know, for me, some of my clients have told me that what I do to are like therapy sessions because we go in there and we give them a lot of advice on what they need to do with their stuff. And it's always about their stuff. And they take it very, very personal. And so we have to make sure that we handle that situation very delicately. One, not to offend them so that they'll then take action. And two, not to offend them so much that they would then be mad at the the real estate agent who is our partner, right? So we're trying to make sure that we're handling that relationship very delicately. Okay, so that we definitely share in common.
Give me, if you can, five or six things that you must do if you're considering staging, because I know from time to time I meet an exhausted interior designer or decorator and they say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get my certification for staging. This is just too hard. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if you can run through before you make the leap, let's hear from Nina. What are those five or six things you need to do in order to become a professional stager? Um, well, having a design background is, is very important because then you need to have that eye for, um, for the space. However, you do need to, you know, I, I have seen some colleagues who have come from the interior design background and, uh, changing or switching to staging. However, you know, they do again have to, Think about it, not from the client, the homeowner's perspective, but really put themselves in the shoes of the buyer because that is what they are hired to do to help position this house and each of the space in the house to appeal to the buyer, not to the homeowner. And because if you are in the, you've come from the design or the decorating background, you tend to try to appeal and appease the homeowner. And so I would say that that is one of the biggest mindset shifts when you are moving over to, to staging. And with staging, it's, it's more about less is more. Um, and I always tell my, uh, my homeowner clients this, that it's not so much about showcasing the stuff that's in the house. It's about how to position the furniture and the accessory so that it highlights the space in the house. So less about the stuff, more about the house. Does okay. that make sense? That totally makes sense for sure. And if you are thinking of doing this, you should definitely get certified, right? I mean, there's a number of ways oh, to get yes. certified, but it's more than just a written test. It's fairly um, complex what you're going to learn. So what, what is the certification process like? Well, there, there are a number of different certifications that are available. I do recommend that uh, whoever's interested in it, go on to WISA, which is the Real Estate Staging Association. They have uh, a number of approved um, certified uh, training programs that they can consider uh, for US and Canada. Some of the programs you can learn online, some are in class. It teaches you about the process, pricing, which is such a key, key thing within our industry to price yourself right so that you can uh, make money and become profitable long term. Um, the process, like the system, so that you are efficient when you are packing, uh, you're planning packing and then for moving towards the staging day. And then the business itself about how to align yourself and partner with real estate agents who are really sort of your go-to partner uh, in getting you into the homes of the, these homeowners to, to do that initial consultation, which can lead to the staging itself. Okay. And Reese is an organization that I'm familiar with, and we'll make sure to include okay. the links in the show notes as well. Um, you mentioned pricing your services so you can make a living. This is a completely yeah. uneducated observation, but when I talk to a lot of stagers, I just don't understand how they make a living doing what they do. And the work is so <laughs> physically demanding and emotionally yeah. 
demanding. And I yes. wonder what your thoughts are on that. Is it is it like interior design where so many professionals aren't really recognizing or um, realizing the money they should be realizing? Yes. And, you know, um, there's a lot of, uh, on Facebook, there's a lot of different uh, staging uh, groups. Uh, Lisa has one, uh, obviously, and uh, we share a lot of information through those groups about pricing. What I've discovered last year was a crazy year with the real estate market. Prices were just soaring. It was crazy. And so what that brought about was a lot of new uh, real estate agents because they thought, oh, you know, great time to make a quick buck because the market was so hot. At the same time, it brought forth a lot of new stagers. And so so with a lot more new stagers in the market, uh, it was more competitive. And so new stagers, without really having the experience and the understanding, were pricing their services really, really low. Like some of them, I it just it boggled my mind how low it was. And they some of those stages, new stages knew that they were not making money, but they're doing it to build up their portfolio, which I think it's wrong. From my point of view, it's very difficult to increase your price when you've already set that bar so low. Well, okay, so th- th- so that that seems like a problem that's always going to be ongoing. There's always going to be someone who yes. will do the job cheaper than you. There always will be. Yes. There's always going to yes. be somebody who will do it for free because they're living with a partner or spouse <laughs> who can afford to pay the bills. And so they're going to view this as sweat equity. So let's put those people aside because the reality is once they do it a few times, they usually realize it's not a, it's not a very you know interesting hobby. <laughs> like mm-hmm. You probably have more okay. fun playing tennis and... And it wouldn't be as expensive, <laughs> right. right? So put those people right. aside um, when you're actually pricing in a market that's hot, and a lot of markets mm-hmm. are hot right now around the world because the economy is booming in most places. It won't last forever, but it's booming right now. So you are having to price your services knowing that it's a hot market. And I know there's two different mm-hmm. categories. There's a vacant staging category where no one's living in the home and then there's an occupied staging category. So how do you begin the prices for vacant versus occupied? Where do they start? Um, Well, for for me on my website, um, not every stager is transparent with uh, the pricing information, but I I try to be as transparent as possible. So I actually list my pricing on my website and my uh, occupied staging starts at 1500 and my vacant starts at 3000 So, you know, the difference is that uh, how much furniture and accessories you need to bring in with a vacant property, you're essentially filling an empty house. So you have to bring in all the furniture. With an occupied property, there could be a mix. For the most part, we try to use as much of the uh, homeowners furnishing as much as possible where able, where applicable. 
if it doesn't work, we have it removed and we bring in new furniture uh, and some of it. So it's really a mix, but that's why I say it starts at 15 for occupied and 3,000 for for vacant. Okay, that, that, but, so right away I'm surprised because I would think occupied is more trouble. They have more junk. You have to do more clearing. You have to yeah. do more editing. You have to remove things. Yeah. You have to put things in storage. You have to deal with yeah. the homeowner. Where I would think a vacant is a blank slate. That's pretty easy. I'm going to fill it with the furniture items I know have been successful yeah. in the past. So I'm surprised yeah. at that, that you're not giving yourself yeah. a little bit of um, a cushion there, having to deal with all those other factors. Have you ever wondered if they should be equal or is it yeah. just, is well, that just how it's done? You know what? You brought up a very good point. Um, I haven't thought of it from that perspective, but I do build for, for my business. I build in those times. So if I do have to ha- help the homeowner um, declutter and uh, put things in storage or help them sell things, I charge them separately for that. So, you know, when I build out my quote, all of those things are, are um, I guess, separated or identified. I'm involved with, with the, the whole transaction as much as they'd like me to be involved. In many cases, what they do is they get friends, friends and family together at, to declutter and put things in storage. But I, through the consultation, I tell them what they can keep in the house and what should be removed from the house and what I will be bringing in to complement what they already have. But sometimes they don't, sometimes none of the stuff that they have in the house works. So I ask them to remove pretty much all of it and then it becomes a vacant. But you know what? A vacant is so, like you said, so much easier to work with. It's a blank slate and it's a blank canvas and you can pretty much do wonderful things with it. And my before after photos for a vacant versus an occupied property is significantly different. Oh, yeah, I was wondering, do people end up with photographs from occupied staging or do you just like never photograph that one and go straight to the vacant, which you have control over? So sometimes you do. Oh, no, I do. I have a before and after for every one of my projects. And the vacant, it's amazing when you think that you have to use the homeowner's existing furnishing that it won't look as good. But just by the sheer, um, uh, I guess, effort in decluttering and rearranging of the furniture and just adding some of our own accessories, it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Which is why you so often hear people say, I should have staged five years before I moved because I would have yes. really enjoyed it. In fact, it's so funny yes. when we get a call from somebody who thinks our pricing is too high, we will often mm-hmm. suggest that they phone a stager who will come in for what I think is a minimum dollar amount and make the place look so much better, like just so much better. Okay. So I want to go back to this pricing idea. So $3,000 minimum, if it is vacant and a $1,500 minimum, if it is occupied, what, what does that sum represent? Does that represent your fee or does that represent part of your fee plus some materials and goods? That's right. That's right. It represents my uh, my fee uh, and some accessories. The it includes uh, destaging. So once the house sells, we have to go back in and remove all of those items. So it includes all of that. It includes if we have to bring in furniture and accessories, includes the rental. 
of those items um, and the moving costs of those items. So $3,000 is everything? As a start, as a start, as a minimum. Okay, how many people end up spending the minimum? Tell me the answer is nobody. Nobody ever spends the minimum. Well, the the minimum really, because it's a starting point, so for $3,000, it's typically um, like a one-bedroom condo, a one-bedroom vacant condo. So that's the furniture for a vacant condo and my fees and the rental of the furniture and accessories. And that would be for a single month, right? The rental for a single month. For one month, yes. Okay. For one month. Does your fee increase with each renewal or no? No. So the the rental, um, the renewal rental is slightly discounted because for the second month, we discounted typically about 20% for the... um, items that are in the house so what they're for my fee my labor fee and assistant labor fee is really for the staging day because we are installing on that day and the de-staging so that's when I'm in the house the rest of the time I I've installed it stays in the house until it sells and if there are renewals for the rental thereafter, they're just renewals of the rental. And that's how we also make money on the furniture and accessories that we invest in. Okay, so you're making money uh, on, on your labor fee, but you're also making money on the furniture and accessories that you're placing in the home. Yes, yes. Do you know well, what you make on a typical project? What, what money goes into your pocket just on labor? Let's use the example of the one-bedroom condo, the minimum client, and you've got a Mm $3,000 fee. What part of that fee would represent money that's going toward Nina's vacation fund? Labor. Right. The labor? What's the number of Um, the labor? Yeah. uh, I would say it's about $1,000. Okay, so that thousand dollars is going to pay you and as and an assistant to That's right. select everything, place everything, keep track of everything, and then get rid yes. of everything. That's right. And it's competitively it's low because of the competition and because that's where the whole industry started, right? So if the whole industry right. got together and said, we, we can't live on this amount of money and you did something illegal and you price fixed, that number could go up. But it really is an industry issue. Yes, yes, because there's no, there's no real standardization for pricing right now. In as much as I think that the industry wants it to get there, but there isn't that. Like, it's not. It's not like um, uh, real estate agents, right? You know, even that is not standardized. But they have. They have. You know, some agents have a one percent. Some work with a five or six percent, right? But they have a range. And I guess for for us in the staging industry, there is a range too, but it's pretty wide. Like one, um, we recently did uh, Lisa recently did a price um, pricing studies here here's the one that I'm really just it boggles my mind for occupied staging so they have it's investment ranging uh, staging fee only with no additional accessory or furniture for a condo it ranges from 300 to 3000 that's a huge range 
That's a huge range. And I don't know how anybody huge. could afford to do it for $300. No. Like just, I don't, uh, exactly. like, you Who's just can't. Exactly. Who's going to make money with $300? Right. But you're in the middle of that. I am in the middle of that. And uh, you know what? My, my business is still fairly young. And I, I still get a lot of pushback, honestly. I still get a lot of people telling me that I'm priced way too high. Who? The but agents? I am, the real estate agents? The agents. Oh, yeah. yes. The agents. But I am, I am, my business is priced kind of right in the middle. I am not the cheapest. I never want to be the cheapest. Uh, but I'm not the highest either at this point in time. I am right smack in the middle uh, of the range. Interesting. Okay. So everybody listening is going, oh, here it comes. Kimberly's going to tell you to raise your fee. And I'm just, I don't want to be boring. (laughs) I don't want to be boring, but you know what I'm thinking. Um, Oh, I do. And I listen to your podcast all the time and I I get it. I would just inch it up, you know, just inch it up, inch it up a little bit. Like, I don't know. But what to me is the unusual factor here is the real estate agents. You have agents who are, I think, in some ways holding those fees down. And I wonder who benefits from that. Who do they think is benefiting from holding the fees down? The homeowner who stands to make thousands of dollars, if not hundreds Mm -hmm. of thousands of dollars on the purchase of their Mm -hmm. property. Um, I mean, if you can't afford to pay someone at that point when there's that huge real Mm -hmm. estate gain happening, I mean, most people, most people sell and there's a gain. So I recognize that there are sometimes when people sell and there's a loss, but in a hot market, people are gaining and not theoretically, but literally are gaining more dollars because they hired a professional stager versus having done it themselves. So if you can't push to earn a living at that point, I'm not sure what Mm -hmm. has to happen to um, get real estate agents on board to understand that they're not really helping anyone. That's not really, there's no benefit here. (laughs) There's no benefit except for keeping your fellow human beings from making a living wage. But the other thing I want to point out is what's really also very different about staging versus interior designer decorating is the the volume that you can do. You can handle multiple staging um, events simultaneously and the turnovers very quickly. So in a way it's that, you know, Walmart model of business, (laughs) right? You're like do volume inexpensively, but volume and you're going to be able to make money. But if you don't have the volume, you're not making money. That's right. That's right. The volume really is the key because some people are doing, you know, three, four a day uh, during the um, the peak season. And so that really helps. And, you know, for for us, the, the real estate agent always uh, sort of jab at us a little bit and make fun of us a little bit about this because they don't get paid until the house closes, right? Um, or the say the deal mm-hmm. closes for us, for the most part anyway, we get paid up front. Yeah. Whether the house sells or not, we're paid. Now, not every stager is like that, mind you. Every stager is convinced by the real estate agent to get paid upon closing. But um, I don't do that. I'm paid before I even go in to do the install. Okay. So, so that's why the volume does is important, and it it's key to us making money and and of course the renewal you know making money on our inventory investment is also key 
You right. know, the idea is that whatever we purchase as part of your inventory, it needs to make money within three rentals. Right. And then I end up coaching a lot of uh, interior design professionals who start out as stagers but want to transition into some decorating because right. they do a great job staging the house. They meet the homeowner and they say, wow, this place has never looked better. We're moving to a new place up the road. Could you help us? And then they really, yes. really don't know how to charge and they don't know how to start. So that's that's yes. something to consider if you are in that market and you've got the volume and you've already you already got the insurance and you're familiar with the liability and the risks. That is something worth considering. And I think then you can really watch your bank account uh, go in a positive direction. Yes, that is very true. Okay, I know you're a believer in systems, and I know you're a big fan of business of design, so I want to put you on the spot and ask about some of the systems you use for staging. What are some of the parts Mm -hmm. of the staging process that have a system? Well, the the planning and the the planning and the packing uh, for install and the de-staging, all of those are very, very key. If you don't plan correctly, then on install day, you're missing items. And when you're missing items, A, you run out, you buy more. B, you have to go back to your warehouse and to get more. And so all of that adds time, adds transportation costs that you didn't charge for or take into account. So all of those things are very, very key. And then packing, again, packing adds to the multiple trips if you don't know how to pack properly and it causes breakage if you don't know how to pack properly as well. So having, you know, those types of systems in place can help you to become really efficient at what you do. Um, and when you're in day, because you're, when you're estimating, you're estimating how long it's going to take you to do the install in the house. And if it takes you longer to do it than that, then obviously that's cost that you haven't accounted for and charged for. Right. I don't know any staging professionals who actually accurately track their time either. That seems to be, um, what, what, am I wrong about that? I track my time. I love Um, it. Good for you. I guess so. Well, because if you're not tracking your time, how could you possibly know what you're making? Well, exactly. And how will you know how to charge the next project, right? Because if you've done it long enough, then you know let's say a four bedroom house is going to take you approximately this time and a one bedroom condo is going to take you approximately this time but remembering that a condo is actually more complex because you have to deal with the service elevators and things like that and it is a bit of a pain working with condos Mm -hmm. um so you have to take into account all of that factor right and um and if you are the type who, who needs to run out and get more stuff or run back to your house to get more stuff, you need to account for those times. I, I'm very efficient at what I do. I don't um, ever have to go back to my, my warehouse to get more inventory. I plan accordingly. And to do that, I do have a template. Uh, I use a template when I do the estimate or when I do a consultation so that I know exactly how many pieces of artwork are required, how many lamps, how many rugs, things like that. Okay. So there's, again, there's no shortcut. There are definitely tips and tricks that you need to learn. Um, Is there a system that you have written down that you would be willing to share with anybody who would like to look at it? Sure. I, uh, I do have a work order template that I use. 
that's uh, unwilling to share, um, and it's, it's sort of an Excel spreadsheet. And during the consultation, what I typically do is I walk into a house uh, while I'm making notes about uh, what I, um, the advice that I share. I'm also making notes about the room size, the walls, how many pieces of artwork that I bring in, large, medium, small uh, artwork, um, rugs, how many lamps I need, how many um, plants and small item accessories, books and things like that, the size of the bedding uh, that I need to bring in. And so, and I use that to walk away and quote so that I don't, so when the homeowner decides that they would like to move forward with the staging, I don't have to go back to the property to week to actually get that information to, to quote, I already have it. Yeah, and so me. I'm typically able to um, come up with a quote very, very quickly because I already have that information. Oh, that's amazing. Now, who typically pays you for the initial consultation? Is that the homeowner? Is that the real estate agent? About 90% of the time, the real estate agent pays for the consultation. The real estate agents, inexperienced ones or new um, agents, they don't get this. They don't understand it. And so by by not talking about staging, they're doing a disservice to their client because they're fearful and afraid that they have to absorb that cost. Right, right. So part of what you need to do is not just educate the consumer, but educate the real estate agents oh, as huge, well to the value. Huge. I hear a lot of real estate agents saying they just do the staging themselves. I'm, I suspect, <laughs> I suspect that's a bad idea. Like that just it's is a, a bad, very idea. bad idea. Yeah. Oh okay. my god. To save I, to what? To the, save two hundred and fifty dollars or something? Three hundred dollars on a on a million dollar yes. home? I mean, wow. No, yes. that's crazy. It's talk. crazy. It is crazy. And I've had I've had agents who call me and says, oh, you know, I that my client wants a decision consultation, but I've already given them all the advice. So you know, there's not a lot that you have to do. But yet, I go in there and I come out and I give them a 23-page report, and they are blown away. They're like, their minds are blown. They're like, "Oh, I didn't look at all of those little details. I did not see that at all." Mm-hmm. You know, because they go in with a cursory look, right? And they uh, move this couch, get this, paint that, clean that, but they don't look at all the, you know, from top to bottom. No, for sure. I um, actually hired a staging professional when we moved from our very big house to a condo. Oh, wow. Um, I, f- first of all, I thought it would just be fun. I thought, I'm just curious, you know, how this would go. And I was shocked, actually, at some of the things I was asked to do because I thought my house looked pretty great. I didn't really <laughs> think I had to make a lot of changes, but they wanted me to remove a lot of my artwork um, for a variety of reasons, um, family mm-hmm. photographs, of course. I understood that, but um, they wanted to replace the the what I thought were beautiful pieces of art with sort of generic pieces of art. But you know what? I made the decision before I hired them, and it was very affordable that I was going to do what they said. Otherwise, what what's the point of hiring them? And at the end of the day, exactly. I really think we did very well um, in part because we listened to that advice and just emptied closets. You know, we just had closets that were half full and drawers that were half full. And, uh, it, it forced us to do some intensive editing, 
which I didn't want to do, but having done it was so grateful and it just, oh my gosh. And now I love getting rid of stuff. Like it's my favorite thing to do. Like just every, everything must go. So if you're, even if you're an interior design professional, it's not a bad idea to hire a stager before you sell your home. I think there's a ton that you can learn. And it, it really made me appreciate the industry and come away with a newfound respect for everything you guys do. So I hope that, um, in the sisterhood of, uh, in the triangular sisterhood of interior designer, decorator, and stager, we can all work together in a more intertwined fashion and bring the value of our industry up together. Cause I don't see any competition here. I just see three, three very hardworking professionals who could benefit from the love and support of the other professionals in the triangle. That's wonderful. That's really nice. Well, you're so sweet for sharing your work order system, too. I imagine people listening who are thinking about it or are already stages are saying, wow, I would just be so curious to see that. So, you know, um, pay it forward, everybody. If you have a great system that you think Nina would benefit from or any of the other stages in the community, we would love to provide access to those things uh, for for Business of Design uh, members, for sure. So please, by all means, send us any systems that you have written down. And um, Nina, we end every show with design intervention. You know, when you go into staging, we talk about system, we talk about pricing. Those are very key. And I, you know, and listening, having listened to so many of your shows and reading your books, pricing it right so that you can earn money at the end of the day and be part of a, a network that elevates the industry and not bring it down and make the rest of us become a, a discount solution is key, but one of the things that I'd like to also share with stagers is that our business is hard. It's physical. It's very physical. You know, we're we're doing things all on our own. We're carrying accessories in. We're carrying large artwork in. We're hanging large pieces of artwork, and so it's very physical. So don't try to do it yourself. Is my advice. Make sure that you have an assistant with you. And make sure you price yourself so that you can afford an assistant. I've uh, I've met other stagers who try to do it themselves because one they don't want to price uh, in an assistant because they can't afford it or they don't want to increase their price. But it's really physical work, and this is not a job that you're going to be able to do physically on your own mm-hmm. long because it will cause bodily damage. Right. Let me. Can I ask you a crazy question? Why would you not sure. hire movers to move everything in rather than having the yeah. exhausted design professional carrying things? One thing I yeah. know is if you're not a professional mover and you break something, your insurance won't cover it. So why right. would you not hire a mover and then charge that back to the customer as an expense? We do. So we do have movers who will move in furniture, large pieces of items. But for the accessories, we pack them in bins and then the artwork, right? So we those things we are able to move typically on our own without the mover's help. I would be figuring out how to get the movers to move the accessories and the artwork. To move everything. Oh, yeah. Like, it's crazy not to. Like, it's just crazy not to. And that is eating into your profitability as well. I would say, of course, you're going to pack them and get them ready. But when the movers come, they're picking up a sofa, three chairs, two mm-hmm. coffee tables, lamps and seven boxes um, yes. that include for, artwork. For stagers, 
for stagers who carry their own furniture, um, they I. I think that that's what they do. The movers will move everything. For my business, my model is that I don't actually carry furniture. I rent furniture. Mm -hmm. And so the movers move the furniture and the, the rest are the the rest of the accessories are mine in my warehouse that I, I pack and move. So all that means is the mover has to make two stops instead of one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. I'm gonna, I, uh, Nina, I think this is it. I think this is a moment for you. I think you're going to, going to have to get the movers to pick that stuff up. And then I would say to the customer, which is true, we're not legally insured to move things. We're not, we're, we're actually not. Mm-hmm. So, um, Anyway, something to think about. There's always something yes, to think about sure. at the end of these conversations. Always. always. Always, always. And thank you so much for reaching out and poking us um, to include staging in the conversation. Uh, and I wish you continued success. And uh, please feel free to let me know when you raise your rate and when you get movers to pick up all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Thank you so much for okay. having me on the show. This was a lot of fun. And uh, if there are other stages listening, hopefully they've learned something as well. I'm sure. I'm sure, Nina. Enjoy the rest of the week. You as well. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.